RadioInfluence.com. This is the Valor Hour, powered by the law offices of Ogle, Elrod, and Beryl on Radio Influence. Your weekly glimpse inside all things Valor Fights and a look at what's going on in the rest of the MMA community. Now, here's your host, the president of Valor Fights, Tim Loy. Valor Hour, episode 84. We are on and popping. I'm Tim Loy, your host, of course, joined by Mark Walls and Justin Watson. As always, it is UFC 229 fight week. So it's like Christmas here for uh, MMA fans. Biggest uh, fight of the year, maybe biggest fight um, in the promotions uh, history. I don't know if we can go that far, but it's a, it's a big fight for sure. Connor could be, it's going down this weekend. We're going to dive into all that and uh, recap the Bellator uh, 206 event that went down this past weekend as well some great interviews we're going to talk to a couple of the fighters on the ufc 229 card this weekend uh, our two representatives from east tennessee uh Ovid st pru and hot sauce scott holtzman and so uh it's going to be going to be quite uh quite the valor hour if you will mark how you doing my man i'm doing great Tim. how you doing brother Doing good, man. Doing good. It's been kind of a laid back week. I'm excited for this weekend. I know you'll be down in my neck of the woods uh, promoting the, the the Valor show coming up and, and, and uh, checking out these fights. You excited? Oh, I can't wait, man. It's uh, I hope it's a very short night, uh, main event wise, and uh, I hope it's just like Jose Aldo. Uh, I hear you, Justin, my man. Are you are you pumped for this weekend? Man, I'm ready to get in this juicy ass podcast. I can't wait. <laughs> Yeah, dude. Yeah, we've got a lot to cover today. We've, we've, it seems like we've had a, a chock full uh, slate the past few weeks, and this is no different, of course. Uh, before we, we jump into our interviews, let's recap uh, a little bit of what happened last week. It was a little bit of a slow week uh, for MMA. We did have Bellator 206, which is a major card for them, and it went down on uh, DAZN. Uh, did, uh, did either of you guys uh, check out DAZN and watch this, or how did you guys, how did you guys follow along? Yeah, I watched it on the zone. You got the free um, trial. Yeah. What's did, it like? Did you have any, Is it pretty legit? Was it cutting out? Good. It was pretty good. Yeah, it was pretty good. Did you not watch it? I watched it, but I watched it on that channel five in the UK. Um, oh, through, yeah. my, through my through my tri-stream subscription so I watched it on that and um, it, it but but to tell you the truth uh, right when the main event started it cut off and uh, I guess there's yeah, some kind of rule and yeah, there's, there's, they played Peppa Pig, and I, uh, I found it though. I found it on on a different stream, and I was able to watch the the main event. But I bet there were some pissed off, uh, some pissed off uh, Brits over there, huh, Mark? What's what's the rationale behind using going to the app based on based on the Paramount Network? It doesn't make much sense to me on on gaining viewership. I guess I, they must be getting points on the backside of that somehow. Getting, well, there I think that it works out to where they have a deal. Uh, so so many events are going to be exclusively on DAZN, and then I believe all of the all of the events are available on DAZN, even if it is on Paramount. But then there's some that are only on DAZN, and so I'm not sure exactly. Exactly. I, I hear that that the zone is giving them like big money. 
money, like real big money. So like, you know, something crazy. Like I, I, I've heard, uh, yeah, this is, this is just something I read, but I heard that they're getting upwards of maybe like $5 million per show, which is, that's pretty, it's pretty big boy money, obviously. So I would probably do a show it on about anything, you know, for that. Uh, right. Well, it's, it's letting them, you know, bring in more and more big names. So, uh, you know, there's that, uh, you know, it was a, it was a pretty good card. We had, uh, quite a few finishes. Uh, of course we opened up with a couple, uh, spotlight fights, uh, Gaston Bolaños and Kerry Melendez both get wins as heavy favorites. Um, Kerry Melendez uh, had a little bit tougher than what we expected. She gets a split decision, but, uh, but still gets the win. Uh, also Aaron Pico, uh, he knocks off uh, Leandro Ego. Uh, with a second, uh, I think it was a second round knockout, and uh, man, he just—he's got so much pop. He's got really good hands, you know. And he's showing that and the ability to to, to knock guys out. Um, I took uh, a parlay on that Pico uh, parlayed with uh, Bolaños and uh, and got a win there for for uh, a half a unit, um, and uh, and was happy with that. That was that was those are all kind of gimmies, really. What, yeah, Justin, what's your thoughts on uh, the undercard here for uh, for the for Bellator two hundred six? Yeah, it was good. The zone's got some stuff to work out. Um, it kind of was in and out. There was uh, like some buffering and stuff. So it was kind of, you know, it wasn't perfect. I don't think I'm interested to see when the numbers come out, how many people were watching. Uh, they may have just kind of, you know, not expected that many people and it's kind of overcrowded the servers. But the fights were awesome. Uh, Aaron Pico looked amazing. Gaston looked amazing. I know it's not going to happen, but that's that'd be a good fight next. They're both four and one. All in the all in Bellator, um, they're going to wait for that fight, I'm sure. But uh, Aaron Pico and, and Gaston Bolaños would be really fun to watch. Okay, okay, yeah, I agree, I agree. I think that's one that I would that I would like to uh, that I'd like to see as well. I think uh, you're right, though. I think they'll probably put if they're smart, they'll put they'll put that in their back pocket and keep building Bolaños up. Uh, you know, Pico, they've started getting to that to that level of uh, recognition that they want. Bolaño still has a little ways to go, I think, before uh, your your casual fans will will know who he is. And so, I think that's one they need to save as well. Of course, yeah, uh, yeah, go ahead. He got a big bump a couple weeks ago. Gaston was on Joe Rogan's podcast. So, I mean, you know that'll that puts a lot of faces looking at yes. it. Oh yeah, no doubt. That's that's definitely a good boost. Uh, of course, we also had uh, the uh, one of the first rounds in the Bellator Welterweight Grand Prix that night, and it was uh, part three of the trilogy between uh, Douglas Lima uh, and uh, uh, Oh Lord. Uh, uh, yeah, no, no, no. Korshkov is Korshkosh. Uh, it was yeah. Korshkov and uh, Lima, part three. They 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 were one to one going into this trilogy, and uh, man, those those leg kicks of Douglas Lima were just chewing him up. Uh, he finally uh, was able to uh, to start really kind of pulling ahead there, and he was uh, he was able to get the finish uh, with a rear naked choke that was tight. Oh man, it was tight. Mm-hmm. It was obvious that 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 was going to be it. And I, I believe they said Korshkov had never been uh, submitted going into that and he choked him right out he never he never did tap 
So, uh, you know, showed a lot of toughness there. But, man, great win for uh, Diego Lima. Uh, Justin Watson gets a, a win in our picks panel there uh, and, and coming back at plus 130. So picks up uh, 1.3 units. If uh, Hopefully you guys rode along with him on that. I uh, I liked it but wasn't able to pull the trigger on our official panel. I did I did do it in real life, so I won a little bit of money there too. Uh, Mark, what would you think? Douglas Lima there uh, wins the tr- uh, kind of the rubber match, if you will, there in that trilogy with Korshkov. Puts him to sleep. Yeah, man, that was incredible. Uh, I, I kept the, the choke was so tight. I kept waiting for him to tap, but waiting for him to tap. And I was like, man, if he had never been submitted before, maybe he just don't know how to tap. Hell, yeah, who knows? Yeah. And then next thing I know, he's just gone. Yeah, that was uh, that was great, uh, Justin. You think this is a, a sign of uh, a, a long run in this tournament for Lima? Yeah, I mean he's got a pretty clear path. I think um, I think next he has the winner of uh, daily and. Um, uh, MVP. So yep. he's already he's already beaten Daly. Um, I think MVP will probably win that fight. So that'll be really fun. I mean, I, to see MVP taking leg kicks like that will be very interesting. Nobody's uh, he hasn't fought a striker like Diego, um, you know, but he's fun to watch. So that'd be a fun fight to catch. But I think uh, if Rory can make it, you, you'll probably see the rematch at the end of the tournament. That's a huge. I feel like that MVP and uh, Lima fight is just, is a huge fight. You know, that's oh, that's yeah. going to be big. Uh, as long as as long as MVP handles business with Daly, which he should, I think. Um, of I, course, I don't think I don't think that uh, MVP. I mean, I, I think it's going to be a fun fight to watch, but I think it's going to be a, an asshole, and I don't think MVP um, would, be, would would last very long in that fight. But it'd be really fun to watch just just to show you, you know, just to see where MVP is at. Douglas yes. Lima's a killer everywhere, you know. So yeah, he's a true one. Um, be be super fun to watch. Co-main event. Now this one was a little, a little funny. It was uh, part. Uh, Lord, I guess it was part four uh, of the Rampage Vanderlei Silva uh, uh, series, if you will. Uh, Quentin Rampage Jackson gets a second round TKO win, and uh, this one was a little painful to watch at times, guys. And and I certainly want to. I'm certainly not going to go out on a limb and say that this fight was worked at all. However. <laughs> I will say there was a point about a minute into the second round where Rampage hit him hard. I mean, he clocked him. He was he was hurt. He was dazed. And 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 you would obviously expect most anyone to just tee off and continue to to just punch and finish him. And because he he was out on his feet, instead Rampage clinched up with him pretty much immediately. Essentially held him up for. A good minute or so. Uh, uh, Vanderlei was kind of hugging him back, but he wasn't even really hugging him back hard. He was so out of it, and it, like he wasn't even like gripping him to like clinch to to hold. It, it, to me, it appeared that Rampage was essentially holding him up, and uh, that raised my eyebrows a little bit as to like was Rampage truly trying to get him out of there? I'm not trying to say that Rampage like wasn't hitting him with all he could or pulling punches, but maybe Rampage bet like the over one and a half like I did, and he was like. Man, I, just need to, I need to carry him in another two or three minutes, get past that halfway mark of the round. I don't know. But if you go back and watch that, the, the point I'm talking about, I you'll, you'll be like, he isn't trying. Like, there's no way you can say that Rampage was, like, trying to get him out of there at that point when he had him the most hurt that he'd been at that up to that point. Uh, your thoughts, Justin? Uh, I thought it was fun. I didn't, I didn't actually catch that, um, that part that you're talking about. But Vanderlei, man, he looked – very uh, very old and yes. very worn out. 
Um, I guess he, he's trying to do it again, but I don't know. I'd watch it again, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I want to see it again, but hell, no, I, mean, I don't, want to see it I don't again. know if anybody wants to see it again. Mark, do we need to see part five? It is two to two, I guess, but should we just call it good? Man, let's just call that good because I saw it and I was like, what in the fuck is going on here, man? Because... <laughs> As you know, me and you have been on the road before, and I have called this before during the Dada 5000 Kimbo fight. I was like, this is some bullshit. There's no way. How many times? We see people fight all the time. That's just not a natural thing that happens. And he was, oh, like you said, he was just holding him up. And Vanderway wasn't doing shit about it, and it was, it was, it was crazy. It uh-huh. just didn't make any sense. So that's what I was going to ask is, what was the uh, what was the uh, spread on that? And uh, was, if it was over one and a half, then that is definitely some some voodoo shit, man. Because the total was one and a half rounds, even money. It was a pick, essentially a pick 'em at one and a half over under. And I actually bet though. Uh, I actually uh, bet the. Uh, I want to say that I actually bet the under. Uh, on that and uh, well thanks Rampage yeah right and, and, and I don't know I mean like I said I, I hell I, I could just complete, be completely off base but when you get a chance Justin watch, watch that second round about a minute in you'll see you'll see Rampage hurt him and and, he, yeah. and instead of following up he just immediately clinches him and you'll all if you notice like like Vanderlei's not even like holding holding back he's not even like essentially he's know, trying to die it, it, at that point uh, you know you Usually, if someone is taking punishment up against the cage, they want to close the distance and clinch up to avoid taking punishment. They're holding on for dear life, too. And you'll see, like, his hands are just open and just kind of, they're not, there's no strain, if you will. No hooks, no nothing. <laughs> yeah, and, and essentially, it was Rampage just kind of holding him there. And every 10 or 15 seconds, he'd throw kind of a half-assed knee to the body that was just kind of maybe to kind of keep the, keep them from being separated or something like that. But it, it, it certainly was funny looking to me and uh, who knows? I mean, I wasn't in there, so I guess I'll probably get flamed for saying that. <laughs> I don't know. It, it was I guess, I guess my thoughts on that were, I know I saw Rampage did get clipped at least once and, you know, Rampage was massive. Like, I don't think that he was, you know, really ready to go three hard rounds. So I, I, I guess I probably just thought he was, you know, just taking a rest, you know, worried about that he was getting tired from throwing so hard and he was going to get countered. But, um, you know, yeah, I'll watch it again tonight and see see if I catch that. Main event, of course, was uh, the champion versus champion. It wasn't both titles on the line, but it, it was the welterweight 170 champion, Rory McDonald, taking on their 185 champion, Gegard Mousasi. And uh, it was it was probably one of the biggest fights, uh, name-wise, that Bellator's ever put on. Uh, of course, uh, Mousasi was a big favorite. Justin and I both uh, put a flyer out there on Rory McDonald just because the odds were so good. And, you know, he was coming back at uh, plus, two, plus 215. And, uh, you know, so we had to take a stab at it and as we got a little bit closer to it i started feeling like a little iffy wishy-washy about it to tell you the truth but uh i did i did salvage uh, a little bit in real life by taking the under four and a half because i figured we would get a finish and it was pretty one-sided uh musasi was able to uh was really able to just kind of out physical uh, you know use his physicality and just kind of smash on him really and uh he he had him uh, got him out of there uh, tko in in and honestly, if you look closely, you'll see Rory tap the strikes. Uh, they didn't really call that the official 
decision, but it happened. Uh, yeah. Rory took a pretty good beating in that one. Uh, hopefully he's able to heal up and bounce back for this tournament they've got uh, that he's a part of as well. But um, Musasi is uh, saying that uh, he thinks that the next uh, uh, shot should go uh, to the undefeated Brazilian. Uh, man, his name escapes me right off the top of my head, but he's good. He's uh, he, he's like 8 or 9-0 and oh black belt uh, guy. Um, man, do you remember what his name is, Justin? Lovato. Yeah. Lovato. Yeah, that's who uh, he thinks should get the next uh, fight uh, for his title. So and then he wants Machida, it sounds like, after that. What did you think uh, about uh, Rory uh, not not getting it done? Man, when when we talked on Wednesday, you know, I'd, I'd seen the odds come out earlier that day, and I thought, I honestly thought, you know, that Rory was going to run through him. I kind of thought that Gegard, I mean, he's been around forever. He's extremely talented. You know, tons of experience, but it's been a long time. And he, he you know, Rory is is hungry and, and coming up. And I, I didn't think that uh, Gegard was going to be able to handle it. But I've never been that wrong before. I was like you as as we were getting close to the fight. I started getting worried. You know, the more I watched, you know, old Gegard fights and stuff. But I mean, that was it was embarrassing. You know, Rory said that he he just didn't feel like fighting that night. You know. And, I mean, that happens, but, God, that was, I mean, it definitely looked like they were in two different weight classes. Um, and Rory just got mauled. You know, Gegard's stock rose a thousand times for me. I, don't, I won't be fading him anymore. So that was uh, that was a wrap for Bellator 206. It all went down in uh, San Jose. It was a big uh, home show for them. Looked like a great crowd uh, they had there that night as well. So uh, very successful for them. And they'll be uh, running it back, I believe, next week. They've got the double header. We've got a show on Friday in Connecticut. And uh, our own uh, Corey Browning from East Tennessee is going to be on that one against Baby Slice. And also, of course, uh, Mitrion and Bader is on that card as well. And then uh, – the very next night in uh, New York. That is the Fedor versus Chael Sonnen card. So we've got the heavyweight Grand Prix semifinals going down there next week. And we'll, I'm sure that'll be uh, something that we'll dive into in next week's picks, of course. Uh, but uh, for the record, uh, I, I dropped a half unit there on Rory. Uh, Justin dropped the full unit. He does, however, come out ahead on the evening uh, at, with uh, plus .3 units, and that rises his uh, overall total back up to 8.22. Uh, respectable. Still down a little bit. We're chopping away at it little by little. Uh, myself, I break even uh, losing a half a unit on Rory, uh, getting it back on my parlay. So I am at a 7.16 units myself. I've still got some uh, work to do, but I believe that this is going to be the weekend that we make up some ground. We've got some good some good ones to pick this weekend with uh, UFC 229, and we'll get into that just a little bit later. But for now, let's get into our first interview with uh, one of the guys that will be competing this weekend at UFC 229, and that is uh, uh, Knoxville's own hot sauce, Scott Holtzman. Let's get him on the line. All right, on the line, we've got one of my absolute favorite fighters. This is uh, 11 and 2 professional, uh, already uh, going into his seventh UFC fight. Knoxville's own Scott Hot Sauce Holtzman on the line. 
with us tonight. He is getting ready to go to war this Saturday night at the huge UFC 229 event in Las Vegas. He will be leading off the Fox Sports 1 uh, action as he takes on Alon Patrick. Uh, very tough action, uh, but I know he's going to be game for it. Scott, how's it going, my man? Uh, it's going good, Tim. It's good to hear from you, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We appreciate you taking a little bit of time out uh, to chat with us. Uh, it's been a minute since uh, since you've seen action now. We're, we're coming up on a year, not quite. I guess it's been about 10 months uh, since the last time you fought. Since then, you are now the uh, proud papa uh, of a new baby boy. So congratulations to you and your lovely wife, first of all, on the uh, newest addition to the Holtzman family. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I had to try to, tried to force a fight in there before uh, – before the uh, baby came, but didn't work out. So had to get the baby here and, and make sure we could keep it alive and all that. And now uh, <laughs> back to fighting. So you during know, that time, were you, were you able to stay somewhat busy with training? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I was always training. Even the week we had the baby, you know, I'd slide off in the garage or uh, slide to the gym at least once, you know, four or five days a week. So uh, I always train, man. I'm always... I'm always staying in somewhat decent shape, so it wasn't a big, wasn't a big transition. Well, uh, that's uh, if you if you to listeners of the Valor Hour, they they know that I'm constantly putting you over as a guy that that really does this right. Uh, being from the smaller market, uh, East Tennessee area, as we are, there is not uh, the you know the opportunity as to to get the training in with, uh, that it takes to be uh, successful on that UFC level. And so Scott's a guy that it is constantly going, getting out there and doing the the things that he needs to do to be successful. Uh, I assume it's been uh, much the same for this one. Uh, you've got uh, a tough one in front of you here. Alon Patrick, fifteen and one, uh, Brazilian, got great grappling, kind of known to be a bit of a grinder uh you know i kind of see you as the more well-rounded fighter but he the one thing that he does he does it really well is it when it comes to just kind of stifling his opponent tell us your thoughts on this one leading up to it and uh you know any concerns about being kind of just uh blanketed if you will uh yeah yeah of course a lot of concerns <laughs> i mean he's he's good at what he does like you said so i just got to be first I got to use my footwork and, and not stand in front of him. The minute I stand in front of him, he comes rolling through like a train. So uh, I got to be ready to move. And, and as soon as we start to wrestle, I got to be first. I can't let him grab what he wants. Um, I got to, whatever I'm doing, I got to do it with urgency. So, um, you know, it's going to take a good calculated fight on my part. He's, he's a raging bull. So I got to be the matador out there. Well, that's one thing that I've that I've uh, really bragged on you, of course, over the past couple of years is just your improving footwork. You know, you're so good at cutting those angles now and, and uh, letting punches fly in combination and then kind of getting out of there and not staying in one place. And that's what it's going to take uh, against a guy like this who, you know, who's going to be looking to kind of walk you down and and get you uh, get you cornered and, and get you down where he wants you to where he can, you know, just essentially reduce reduce your offense so uh any anything different going into this one to to to, to prepare yourself for for this type of opponent I, I looking back over your past opponent you haven't really fought too many guys that that are non-action fighters if you will you know you're you're, you're known for yeah. having good exciting fights because these guys are willing to kind of throw back with you this is going to be your first time to my knowledge really kind of fighting a guy that isn't real that is kind of an anti-action fighter if for this to be an exciting fight it's going to be on you to bring that yeah no you're exactly right he's uh i mean it's real clear what his game plan is you know and he's coming 
he uh no matter what he does he he can throw all sorts of bullshit but it's all to set up his uh blast double or his explosion right. in you know so uh just have to be ready for that man i've i've done a lot of uh done a lot of visualization and um, you know, game planning and all that. I really stepped it up in the mental department this time um, and tried to uh, really cut back on my physical overworking. I, I overwork myself a lot of times. That's just the way I've, I've gotten anything ever in life. So um, kind of cut back and, and really wanted to make my, uh, my, my important training sessions way better and, and not doing just busy work. So uh, I'm really feeling the best I've ever felt here coming into this one. That's awesome to hear, man. And uh, with the uh, with the addition of the little one, have you been able to get some work in out at the lab as you normally do for this one? Or have you been having to split more time uh, at home uh, with Shield Systems, which obviously another great gym uh, with good talent. And now with the Bar- Brian Barbarina moving out this way, it gives you another good uh, top level guy. Uh, have you, has it been one of those situations where you've had to divide it a little bit more than usual? Or have you, has it been you know, business as usual and you've been able to, to be out there at the lab a lot? Yeah, no, I've been at the lab for the last six, seven weeks, so it's been plenty of time, and um, I, I haven't gotten to go as long as I normally would, but that's not necessarily a bad thing because normally the training there is so hard, I'm all beat up. Normally by the time the fight comes, by the time the fight gets there, I'm held together by duct tape. So um, this one's been a little bit better. I, you know, I'm a veteran now, so it doesn't – my body knows what to do. I know how to get in shape and – um, the most important thing is getting to the fight healthy and I'm in, I'm in super shape. So, um, but you know, it's a, it'll be a grind fest. So the, uh, you, you gotta be in good shape, but you can also expect to be tired too. You know, this is a fight that, uh, as far as records go, uh, you know, one of one of the best records that you fought, a guy that's 15 and one. Do you expect a win here is going to catapult you into a fight, you know, with a guy that's that that's ranked, uh, you know, so you can start making those moves to to get into bigger, higher profile, bigger paying fights. You know, I spoke to you over the summer and that was something that, you know, you had iterated that, you know, you want fights that are going to do something for you at this point. Right. You know, instead of taking sideways steps or backward steps, you want to take forward steps. Do you think this is one that will be uh, a win here? Will will kind of get you what you're looking for? Yeah, I think so. I think so. It's uh, you know we're we're both kind of right on the fringe. He's he's got to be right outside the top twenty. So, I mean, I think a win a win over him definitely puts me in the in the talks for a top fifteen, top twenty opponent. And that's you know that's what I'm looking to do, and that's what I'm going to ask for. So, um, I'm I'm excited to to get in there and and, uh, you know, prove myself. Well, we're excited to watch it, man. Again, Scott will be fighting uh, the very first fight on the, once they go live on television. After they get finished with the Fight Pass prelims, uh, he will lead off the Fox Sports card. And one last one before I let you give your shout-outs. You know, you were originally on the Fight Pass prelims. They lost the Sean O'Malley fight uh, uh, in the week leading up to it, and that kind of resulted in you getting bumped up there. Uh, now, if I'm not mistaken, you trained some with Sean. Is If that's not, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, was it kind of one of those uh, bittersweet things where, you know, you hate to lose a teammate off the card, but, uh, hey, you kind of got the, the rub from it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I like Sugar. We're friends, and he's a good kid, man, so I hated to see that happen. Um, yeah, I mean, I was originally on the Fox Sports 1, then got bumped off and then pushed back on. So, I mean, it doesn't matter to me. It's all the same. All the cameras look the same in there. It's just the way you guys are looking at it on TV. So uh, it doesn't matter to me. I'm going to 
get my fight with over with early, and then I'm going to kick back and sip on a beer and, and watch the main event. Enjoy the chaos. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I'm, I'm going to let you. I'm going to let you uh, give your shout outs where they're due. Any sort of uh, you know sponsor love, trading partners, all that kind of stuff. Give your give your shout outs, and uh, we'll let you get on to your thing. I'll, I'll give you the mic here and let you uh, let you let you do your thing. Yeah. No. Hey, I appreciate you, man. And you know, you matched up all my fights early on, and and really helped me get here. So I appreciate that, and thanks for for always showing love and. And my hometown gym there, Shield Systems, doing doing great at home. So, um, and I appreciate all the support from Knoxville. So, thanks for having me on, Tim. Absolutely. Once again, this has been Scott Hot Sauce Holtzman. Make sure you check him out this weekend on UFC 229 as he goes for a big win against Alon Patrick. Thanks so much, Hot Sauce. We appreciate you, my man. Good luck. Alrighty, alrighty. Thank you. Take care. Up next on the line, we have the man that will be in the feature bout this weekend at UFC 229, Connor versus Khabib. He's going to be in a big light heavyweight showdown with the undefeated Dominic Reyes. I'm talking about none other than OSP, Ovince St. Preux. Ovince, thank you for joining us tonight. How you doing, my man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Of course, it is when we're recording this Wednesday night. It'll come out on Thursday. Uh, Ovince is already out in Las Vegas doing the media stuff. Of course, it'll be media day tomorrow or today, if you will, uh, whenever people start to listen to this podcast. Uh, of course, doing all the, uh, the autograph signings, kissing babies, all that stuff. But uh, Ovince, you always keep your eye on the prize, always uh, focused on the fight at hand. And you've got uh, what looks to be an exciting one this weekend, fighting an undefeated Dominic Reyes, a guy that's that's gone out there and he's been uh, stopping guys violently however uh, I think that he is taking a major step up uh, from the competition that he has seen up till now uh, with yourself give us your thoughts on this matchup uh, what Dominic Reyes brings to the table and what we can expect uh, from Saturday night I mean um, Reyes definitely uh, one of those young hungry guys um, definitely understand where he comes from I used to be in that same situation too um, but you know it, it's one of the situations too where like I have a lot more experience than he does. And, uh, you know, once come uh, Saturday night, I'll, I'm pretty much going to be the bigger, stronger, faster fighter. And, um, you know, um, from then, uh, going to get my hand raised at the end of the night. Of course, Ovid's trains under Eric Turner at Knoxville Martial Arts Academy in uh, Knoxville, Tennessee, representing East Tennessee out there proudly, as always. We'll be rooting for him, of course. Uh, if you are you're coming off of, uh, you know, uh, uh, You've had a, a good little run, you know, in your past several fights. Uh, you, you've been taking on good competition. Uh, you got an arm lock over Tyson Pedro uh, back in June, and that was another one of these guys that was uh, not necessarily the same type fighter, but he's the same uh, type uh, young buck, if you will, up and coming guy. He's got a uh, you know he's got a little bit of hype behind him, uh, but had not quite fought the level of competition that you represent. Would uh, you know talk a little bit about the win against? Tyson Pedro and, and do you see some similarities here and in, in this being another guy with that's not as experienced but he's got he's, he's got some hype he's got a little bit of a push behind him um it, it typically always happens with those young guys like I said I've been in that situation before I had hype on me um the same exact way too but you know um even with Tyson and stuff it, it, he he had a lot of hype behind him. Tyson is a good fighter. He's going to end up being a good fighter. But it's just one of them situations too. I tell people once you break in that, you know, top ten realm, top five realm, which I've been in, 
um, the margin there is really slim. And, you know, he caught me in the first round, but I was able to uh, compose myself and uh, come back. And like I said, that margin there is slim. If you don't capitalize on that margin there, you're going to get in trouble. That's what I tell a lot of people is just, you know, those those guys, I mean, they still, they're young and they're hungry, which is good. But also, too, that, that being young and hungry can also get you in trouble. Absolutely. And looking at, you know, I, I look over his past few opponents here and, and, you know, he's winning. He's knocking these guys out. But if you're looking at guys like Jeremy Kimball, uh, Joachim Christensen, guys that just do not have that athleticism that you bring to the table, that explosiveness. Do you think that uh, that did, that is going to be one of the major factors in this fight is just seeing an athlete unlike he's seen? I mean, definitely, definitely. I mean, you know, Reyes come from a football background too, so he's probably seen um, more athletes and stuff too. But, you know, like I said, at the end of the day, it's going to be a different story whereas, and, you know, um, I'm not one of the, the typical guys that in the mixed martial arts realm that, that you can deal with. I'm unorthodox. I don't fight. I don't fight like your typical fighters or whatnot. You know, my style is very different. Um, and I think that's what's going to end up giving them a lot of problems. Is he going to be able to adapt to that style very quickly? We'll see how the MMA IQ end up playing out. Are you excited to fight another southpaw? Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, uh, typically when I fight softballs, um, you know, with him, I can I can choose either to fight, you know, myself to go either southpaw or either go orthodox. It doesn't matter to me. And more than likely, he'll stay southpaw. If he comes out orthodox, I just, you know, I can fight orthodox or softball. You know, talk before we let you go, man. Talk a little bit about the scene out there. Is the atmosphere? Uh, you know, you fought on a lot of big cards. I know that it's you know this is nothing new to you, but uh, there is obviously a lot of hype behind this main event and this event as a whole. Is uh, is it a circus out there yet, or is it still fairly uh, fairly calm? Man, it, you know, it's still kind of calm from from somewhat just because we've just been pretty much from. Um, you know, the hotel, from the room to the to the workout room, to the PI center. But um, I think tomorrow and Friday is when it's going to get extremely crazy because, you know, there's, there's still a lot of people in town now, but tomorrow and Friday is pretty much when the bulk of everybody is going to come in. So it's going to be pretty much pandemonium. Um, but as of right now, it's, you know, it, it, you, can feel the, you can feel the atmosphere changing right now. Well, we are uh, we are super stoked for it, man. You're going to have a large contingency of people pulling for you back home here. I'm going to let you have a, a quick moment to give some shout-outs where they're due, any tra- uh, teammates, training partners, uh, any sponsors, all that kind of stuff. The floor is yours. Um, just want to give a big shout-out to my gym, Oxford Martial Arts Academy, Frankie's Body Shop, and everybody that's been, that's been helping me out, you know, um, uh, I want to give a big shout out to, you know, always uh, Dr. Petty, um, Nick Larry, always helping me out. Uh, my teammates, big shout out. Uh, Jason's been uh, having, uh, been, been kind of hurt and he's been, uh, he been there pretty much every day helping me out. Good training partner, even my training partner, Isaac, he's been helping me out tremendously. Thank you for Friday. Um, uh, who else? Um just uh, my wrestling coach, Al Liberati. Um, also, the guys down in uh, um, uh, uh, down in Atlanta, um, Team Manu. Those guys have been helping me out tremendously. Doug Asher, Clint Hester, and all of those guys, too. Um, um, also, uh, Dave Robinson and, and those guys are coming down and uh, getting sparring in with us, getting good rounds in and stuff. So. 
well, this is the man that is going to be going to war with Dominic Reyes this weekend. And then from all accounts, this is going to be a very exciting five, man. Again, we're all in your corner, all rooting for you out here back home. And, uh, and really excited to see you put on a performance and make Knoxville proud. Go get a man. Uh, and once again, we appreciate you taking a few minutes of your time uh, to chat with us, brother. Good luck and uh, good skills. Thank you. Thank you. And that, of course, leads us into our main section of the program, and that is our UFC 229 picks and predictions. UFC 229, it goes down this weekend in Las Vegas, Nevada, and it is a sold-out event. Connor versus Khabib, it's been a hot ticket. It's sold out in just a couple days, but I know where you can still get your tickets, and your hookup is Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats is your top source for tickets for all the live events you want to go to. Whether it be a concert, where it be an NFL game, or it be the big fight, they've got your hookup. You can sort by price, or you can look for the seats in the section or row of your choice on their very easy-to-use app. All you got to do is go to the App Store or Google Play, download the Vivid Seats app, and now you can use promo code INFLUENCE, and they're going to give you 10% off of your very first purchase that you get with Vivid Seats. Save you a little bit of money, and every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. So from the biggest concerts to the to the big game, to the NFL game, to the NCAA games, to the big fights, you name it, Vivid Seats has got it all. Download the app, enter the promo code INFLUENCE, you're gonna get 10% off of your very first purchase with Vivid Seats. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event. I am joined by Dustin Watson as always here as we're gonna give you our insight into UFC 229. We're on the come up here for a couple bad weeks on some obscure cards, but this one, we've got no excuse to, uh, uh, to be anything but great here for you guys. Of course, uh, Justin comes up 0.3 units uh, last week. So he, he's uh, he's on the he's on the rise here. He's had a couple good weeks in a row and uh, we're gonna see what we can do to, uh, to keep that ball rolling. Of course, uh, this goes down Saturday night October the 6th in Las Vegas, Nevada. they got three fights opening up the show that will be on UFC Fight Pass. And uh, there were four originally. Uh, there was a fight with, with Sugar Sean O'Malley was uh, originally supposed to be uh, scheduled to fight on this card. Uh, he had a USADA flag. Uh, he was supposed to fight Jose Quinones, which would have been a little step up from uh, the guys he's been facing, I think. Uh, I think he still would have been a pretty solid favorite. But that fight is off for a potential uh, USADA violation. And now, uh, as we mentioned earlier, Scott Hot Sauce Holtzman versus Alon Patrick has been moved up to the Fox Sports 1 uh, portion of the car, leaving us three prelims. And, oh, man, they are grappler heavy. <laughs> I will say that. Uh, of course, uh, we are using lines at five dimes uh, for for reference. Uh, if anyone is uh, playing along at home, uh, the first contest of of course, on this card will be welterweight action. Ryan LaFlair, 14 and 2, takes on Tony Martin, 13 and 4. Uh, at, at welterweight, this is a fight that uh, originally opened up. Uh, Ryan LaFlair is the favorite, minus 265. Tony Martin coming back at plus 185. Uh, since that time, we've had, uh, looks like, uh, quite a bit of movement as uh, a lot of action has come in on Tony Martin. As now Ryan LaFlair is minus 135 with Tony Martin coming back at plus 115. So a lot of action on Tony Martin there. And I don't... Uh, really know why uh, I think I mean, neither of these guys are known to just put on 
stellar, exciting fights. Uh, I think LaFleur is kind of good at doing what he does and just kind of minimizing damage and winning decisions. And, and, and honestly, until I see uh, just something stellar from Tony Martin, I don't see why that would change. I think uh, Tony was kind of known as being a big kind of hulking 155. And now at 170, he kind of loses that one advantage that he had over a lot of 155s. And honestly, I think uh, getting Ryan LaFleur at minus 135 is... Um, is uh, is a great value, so I am going to go out and and, uh, and make a play here early, and I'm going to go one unit on Ryan Lafleur uh, at uh, at minus one thirty five. So uh, I'm actually going to be putting up one point three five units to win one unit, Justin. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm not sure why uh, Tony Martin's getting so much action late. Um, I, don't, I don't really see how this could. Uh, could work out in his favor. Um, he has, you know, no credible wins. I think, you know, he's dating uh, Kayla Harrison or something. That might be the, the biggest thing that uh, he has going for him. But um, I'm going with you. Uh, I'm going a unit on Ryan Lafleur too. Both of us, Justin and I, go a, a full unit on Ryan Lafleur uh, and a pretty good value, I believe, at minus one thirty-five, uh, considering what the odds opened at. Moving on to our second bout, and uh, this one is uh, going to be more uh, wrestlers, but it's kind of a weird one. It's it's wrestlers that that sometimes don't wrestle and like to throw, so it's a uh, it's lightweights, and it's going to be uh, Gray uh, the Bully Maynard uh, thirteen six and one, moving back up to one fifty-five. After a stay at featherweight, he'll be taking on Nick the Carney Lentz, 28-9-2. On a bit of a resurgence, you know, both these guys were known in the past for being kind of wrestle grinders. Uh, Maynard uh, had, took some pretty brutal knockouts um, for a while, but he seemed to he seems to have kind of turned things around a little bit. He's won a couple fights over some lower UFC guys. Uh, Nick Lentz, uh, he's a guy that started opening up more and throwing more punches and, and getting into more entertaining fights than what he used to uh, in the past. So uh, I, I think that upon, uh, you know, initial uh, initial uh, take on this, I would have booked Lentz as a pretty heavy favorite. And Vegas opened him at minus 215 with Gray Maynard coming back at plus 165. Um, and that hasn't changed too much. The money has come in on Lentz somewhat. Uh, he has risen to minus 235 with Gray Maynard coming back at plus 195. I like Lentz here. Uh, I really couldn't make a play on Gray Maynard for sure. Uh, I don't like the minus 235, so we may look at a parlay a little bit later. I don't think I want to make a play on him straight, but I do uh, certainly lean his way. Justin? Uh, you know, you're talking about two veterans in this fight. It's wild that, that you know, their records are almost identical. Um you know, Gray Maynard's been doing it. He's been in the UFC since 2007. Nick Lentz has been there since 2009. Uh, but I think this will probably be the one that retires Gray Maynard. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go as as far as the the 235 on Lentz, but I would definitely stay away from Maynard. Uh, I'm not sure. You know what the over under is on this one? I don't believe that they have released totals yet, unfortunately. Otherwise, that's one thing that I don't like is that so many times the totals aren't out whenever we do our uh, our picks, and that's that's something that I I really play. I play probably more totals than I do sides. Yeah, me too. Um, I would say that I don't know what it what it'll end up being, but I would probably take the under. Um, I, I, 
think Gray Maynard probably gets taken out of there pretty quick. I think there's a chance he gets uh, knocked out or submitted, honestly. I think there's, yeah. I think there's a good chance either one gets yeah. And I don't, uh, think it takes, I don't think it takes long. No, I don't either. Rounding out the fight pass portion of the prelims, and this is another one uh, with a couple of, of good prospects in the uh, women's bantamweight division. It will be 10-4, and four, Yana Kunitskaya, uh, the Russian, taking on the Swede. 8-3, and three, Alina Landsberg, both of these ladies best known for getting ran by Cyborg, essentially. Um, and I don't know. I'm not that excited about it. I, I, it's, I think it could end up being a kind of a slog of a fight. Uh, Lena Landsberg opened as minus 130 favorite with Kunitskaya coming back at minus 110. Um, and let's see, it looks like uh, now uh, we have a lot of movement towards Kunitskaya. Kunitskaya is now minus 210. And Landsberg, who opened as the favorite slightly, is now an underdog at plus 175. Uh, the line movement alone um, makes me kind of lean towards Landsberg just because there's been so much line movement on a fight that Vegas had booked as a, uh, a pick essentially, to start. But uh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I think on the ground, Kenneth Sky is probably going to have a pretty good advantage, and that's probably what Vegas is expecting her to suffer. But I don't know for sure that she can get her down. Uh, you know, it, it, if I can recall, Cyborg didn't just – easily ragdoll her down in the clinch. So uh, I am going to take a small flyer play of half a unit on Lena Landsberg at plus 175, um, which would bring me back 0.875 on my half unit. I don't know. I don't feel great about it, but it, I probably honestly would have leaned towards um, Kunitskaya to start, but we just it's kind of a value play for me. Justin? I think this would be a fun fight. You know, both of them fought Cyborg at 145, so that's not in their weight class. I mean, they just kind of stepped up and did it. This is back in their weight class. Both of them are, are you know, pretty legit strikers, um, you know, when you, when you really look at their credentials. They haven't done much, you know, in the UFC yet. Obviously, Kunitskaya has only had one fight, but, um, you know, she's she was an Invicta champ. Um, Landsberg, you know, she had a great amateur Muay Thai career. Um, I think it could be a really fun stand-up fight or, you know, I don't know, Kunitskaya, you know, could end up taking her down. I'm not sure. This, this, is, a, this is a tough fight for me, but I'm going to stay away from it. Justin passes. I go with a half unit on Lena Landsberg, just pretty much strictly based on line movement. Moving on to the fight. Uh, I'm not I'm sorry, not fight pass. The Fox Sports 1 portion of the card. And this one is going to feature uh, our man, Hot Sauce, Scott Holtzman, 11-2, and two, coming out of Knoxville, Tennessee, fighting out of the lab uh, for the most part in Arizona. But uh, his home uh, gym here, Shield Systems, uh, a gym that we're very familiar with. Uh, he'll be taking on a tough one, 15-1, Alon Patrick, who, uh, you know, this guy is, uh, he's hes very much a blanket. He's got great wrestling, good grappling, not known for putting on just uh, awesome action fights, but he's, like we said in our interview, he's good at what he does. Uh, you kind of know what you're going to get out of him, and, and he just he just does that. Uh, he has not to, well, okay, he actually has got one finish. He, he has one finish in the UFC dating all the way back to 2013 uh, against a uh, less than UFC caliber Garrett Whiteley at the time. So uh, it's been five years since uh, Alon Patrick has won a fight 
by stoppage. Uh, that said, he has got some great decision wins over the likes of John McDessey, Damian Brown, Stevie Ray. Uh, with a loss, though, in between to Mirabek Tysimov, who, who's really tough. Um, it's a tough one. It's a tough matchup for Scott, uh, just just stylistically. Uh, like I said on our phone call earlier, I think Scott is the much more well-rounded, exciting fighter, and it'll be on him to make this exciting. Uh, I don't see Alon being able to finish Scott, uh, but, again, there is some danger that he is able to take him down and uh, and contain him, if you will. Vegas uh, agrees as they open the odds at minus 245 with Holtzman coming back at plus 175. Um and now we have uh, got Alon Patrick bet up to minus 265 with Holtzman coming back at plus 225. So uh, I got to take a flyer on our guy, Scott. It's it's tough. It is just stylistically a really tough matchup, but I know Scott's very motivated and uh, it really wants to go out there and, and rise up the ranks. So I'm going to go a half unit on Scott Holtzman plus 225 to get back 1.12 uh, one uh, units. Justin. I think, uh, you know, this fight, the winner is right up there at the top 15. Um, I, I look for, for Scott to to really make a statement um, this weekend. And uh, so I think he, he has a chance to really put it on Patrick. Um, so I'm doing the same thing, uh, half a unit on, on Holtzman. All right. So you got uh, both uh, Justin and I going with Scott Hulls, uh, Hot Sauce Holtzman looking to make a uh, coming out party here against a guy with a, with a really good record uh, that I believe a, a win will also put him up there in the talks for uh, for a ranking or a ranked fight at the very least. Moving on to our next bout um, on the Fox Sports 1 uh, portion of two, uh, UFC 229 preliminaries. And uh, let's see here. Up next, it is going to be uh, another ladies' bantamweight fight. Tanya Evinger, former, in, former Invicta champion, 19-7. Uh, and seven. She'll be taking on the undefeated Aspen Ladd, 6-0. and oh. Um, and uh, right now, uh, it's kind of a, I, you know, I guess Evinger was always kind of a small featherweight, but she's been fighting a lot of featherweight. She'll be coming down to bantamweight for this. Very experienced, you know, uh, has fought the very best of the best. Is kind of your uh, old guard versus new guard. You know, Aspen Ladd is, um, she's kind of the, got a bit of push behind her right now. And and, uh, and Vegas opens Ladd as minus 265 favorite over Evinger coming back at plus 185. Um, since that time when the uh, the line opened, let's see what we've moved to here. Uh, looks like now we have got um, Aspen Ladd as a, a the favorite, but the money is coming in on Evangers. Ladd is now only minus one seventy with Evanger coming back at plus one fifty. I guess a lot of people see the veteran Evanger, and she's got some name value, and uh, think that she's still got something in it for Aspen. Uh, I don't like. I don't. I don't think that I've got a real good lean on this one I, I could see lad just having a little more pep in her step and just outworking her but i don't think i want to lay those odds so it's a pass for me justin yeah this one's tough you know evanger i mean that girl's really tough lad they're putting a lot of hype behind her um you know she missed weight i think either last time or the time before that um so you know she she probably is definitely gonna be bigger uh she's got some big wins i mean she's she beat to Jar Eubanks, I think she's getting ready to fight for the 125-pound title. Um, so this is tough. I mean, Lad should win, but it'd be hard to count Evanger out. She's she's got the experience, and you know, if Lad takes her deep, you know, she she's been there before. She knows how to survive, and 
um, you know, she can she can finish her, you know, from the bottom if if it goes there. I want to stay away from it though; it's kind of too risky, I guess. A pass for both Justin and I on that one. Moving on to uh, another Fox Sports One prelim uh, welterweight action: uh, Vicente Luque, thirteen six and one, be taking on Jalen Turner, seven and three. Jalen Turner, we saw on the Tuesday night Contender Series with a win over Max Mustaki, and man, talk about throwing somebody into the fire uh, right off the rip with their first fight. Uh, that's what they're doing here, and we get the biggest uh, favorite of the entire card here uh, with Vicente Luque. Luque coming back uh, or opening a minus 320, Jalen Turner coming back at plus 240, and uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> this, is, uh, this is tough action there. Uh, there has been uh, action coming in. It looks like uh, the line has moved even more. Oh, my God. Uh, the, the people are hammering Vicente Luque, who is now minus 900. Uh, with Jalen Turner coming back at plus 600. I've got to stay off of that just because the line is so big. I do think uh, Vicente is probably going to uh, finish Turner probably within two rounds. So keep an, keep an eye on the total if you're able to get uh, an, a good uh, odds on the under. I think that there's a good chance there. But uh, I think this is just a massive jump uh, off of a cliff as far as a uh, level that Jalen Turner's seen. Uh, Justin. Yeah, they've done this to a couple guys coming off the contender series, just kind of throwing them to the sharks. Um, it's crazy. The lines are, are moving. Almost all these lines are moving since like noon today. Yeah. Uh, so, like, you know, everybody's kind of getting to Vegas. Uh, my parents just actually got back from Vegas last night, and they said it was kind of barely just starting to pick up. But I'd say, you know, through the coming days, the lines are going to move a lot. But uh, it'd be fun to see where they go. Um, but yeah, I definitely would stay away from a straight bet on this one. Um, I might take a prop, you know, if the right thing came up, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Jalen, Jalen probably in a lot of trouble. <laughs> Moving on to the uh, the headliner, if you will, of our preliminary bouts. It is flyweight action, and this is a pretty good one. This is one that maybe could have had an argument to have been on the pay per view. Uh, it is Sergio Pettis, seventeen and three, um, and he is going to be taking on uh, Juicier Formiga, uh, twenty one and five. A guy that's been in there with just the the best of the best, a true salty veteran, if you will. And uh, of course, uh, Vegas opened uh, this win with Sergio Pettis. At Minus 185 with uh, Formiga coming back at plus 145, um, and that is uh, that is what it opened at. And the current lines: uh, Sergio Pettis is now minus 145, uh, and the money's coming in on the Brazilian Formiga as he's now plus 125. I suggest getting on him now before that line flips around. I think uh, he is going to be just a little bit too much of a handful on the ground uh, for Pettis. Good chance that he gets a submission or at the very least uh, handles uh, the, the control of position on the ground. I am going to go one unit on for my guy, plus 125. Justin? It's crazy that Sergio has been around for so long now. I mean, he's got 11 fights in the UFC. Um, so does Formiga. Uh, I think I'm going to go against you on this one. I'm going to do a half a unit for uh, Sergio. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm I'm really looking for for Big Brother Pettis to pull it off, and for him to do it, I think Sergio needs to win. So uh, I'm gonna have to go with him there. 
Sergio Pettis, Justin Watson advises for a half unit at minus one forty-five, um, and we will uh, we'll see how that shakes out. That's the first one we've disagreed on. Uh, I'm I'm kind of on the opposite train of thought against both Pettises. As we'll get into that a little bit later uh, here as we get to the to the co-main event of this card. But that brings us to the pay-per-view portion of the card, and that is going to open up with female strawweight action. Our third female fight of the card. It is the Karate Hottie Michelle Waterson taking on Little Bulldog, Felice Herrig. Uh, Vegas opened up Michelle Watterson as the favorite in this fight, minus 140. Herrig coming back at even money, plus 100. Now uh, the line has flipped, and Felice is the favorite, minus 140. Uh, Michelle Watterson coming back at plus 120. This is a really hard one to call. Uh, I, I think that Felice is uh, in a bit of a resurgence. She's she's on a hot streak, and I lean her way. I, I do kind of agree with the line flipping, but I don't feel confident enough in her uh, being able to corral and, you know, get takedowns uh, against a very tough Watterson uh, enough to to put an official bet on it. I would lean Felice by decision, but I'm going to pass as far as the pick goes. Justin? This is a a good fight. Two veterans, you know, in in, uh, women's MMA. Um, Kind of a long time coming, I think, uh, to see these two fight each other. Felice has, has been on a on a tear lately. Um, Michelle Watterson, you know, she just beat Courtney Casey, who's one of the biggest, strongest girls in the weight class. So that's kind of what I feel like Felice Herrig's advantage is. Um, you know, I don't know. It'd be a tough one to call. Um, I'd probably stay away from this one if there was a, you know, if uh, the line come out about um, the totals, I'd probably take the over, you know, whatever that is. But uh, see a decision. Uh, but who knows who's going to take it. Yeah, I agree. I think this was a really hard one to call, as the lines indicate. And I said, I got a little lean towards Felice, but I just don't have that much uh, that much faith in it. I'll just sit back and enjoy this one. Moving on to one that may or may not be enjoyable. It's hard to say after the last time we saw Derek Lewis. Uh, it, it is heavyweight action. Derek, the Black Beast, Lewis, 20-5, and five, and he's going to be taking on Alexander Volkov, 30-6. and six. So he got two very big records, um, two big heavyweights going at it here. Uh, last time we saw Lewis, it was just a pitiful showing against uh, Francis Ngannou in a fight that I just guaranteed would be awesome, and it <laughs> somehow managed not to be awesome. Uh, to say the least. Uh, of course, Vegas opened this fight up with Alexander Volkov as the favorite, minus 185, with Derek Lewis coming back at plus 145. Uh, now, um, nothing has changed too much. Uh, Volkov is now the favorite at minus 190, not too much of a change. Lewis coming back at plus 165. I'm going to have to leave this one alone. I, I, I would, I would really have a hard time bringing myself to bet on Lewis ever again. But uh, who knows? He may just come out and just know that he has to perform better than that this time, and in completely deck, dude. So I don't know. I'm going to stay away from it, Justin. The thing with this one is that you know Lewis is he's fun to watch. I mean, he's you know real charismatic, and obviously his big thing is throwing bombs and trying to knock people out. The problem is that. That's not the only thing that Volkov can do. I mean, he can do that, but he can do everything else, too. Um, I think that the odds are, are pretty spot on in this, and I'm going to put a half unit on Volkov. I think he'd probably get the done pretty easy. 
half a unit on Alexander Volkov, Justin says, and that will be at minus uh, 190. And uh, that will bring us back to our, uh, our, our, our feature bout with one of the gentlemen we spoke to earlier, uh, Ovent St. Pru, a light heavyweight action taking on Dominic Reyes. It's 23 and 11, Ovent St. Pru uh, taking on 9 and 0, Dominic Reyes. This is, uh, this is your, your veteran uh, versus your, your hot up and comer. Uh, there's no secret that the UFC has a um, you know a good taste for Dominic Reyes they are trying to you know uh, give him a good push uh, he's going out there and putting on exciting fights and finishing guys but uh, as we mentioned in our interview earlier you know this is a big step up both both in level of competition and athleticism uh, from the guys that he's been fighting he has not been fighting guys that are that are athletic like this, you know, your, your Joaquin Christensen and guys like that are kind of, they're kind of plotting, uh, 205s that don't have that power that Ovens does. And so, uh, when this line first opened, uh, I was completely aghast. Uh, the, the line opened with Dominic Reyes at minus 165, Ovens St. Pruitt plus 125. And I felt like that was a very good value. Uh, and it rose up some over the next few weeks. And I went ahead and put money in it on Ovens uh, when it got up to plus 170. But since that time, it's gone up even more. And, um, I wish that I'd waited because <laughs> Dominic Reyes is now minus 235 with Ovens coming back at plus 195, nearly two to one. You get on, on, on the Ovens St. Prue side. And um, I think that's a great value. I think there's a real good chance Ovens goes out here and finishes Reyes. Getting two to one on your money is hard to, to pass up. I'll put one full unit on Ovens St. Prue plus 195. Justin. Dominic Reyes, as good as he's looked, I mean, this is a whole nother game right now. You know, Ovince is, is a special kind of athlete. Um, I think Ovince, you know, really exposes Dominic Reyes as, as being, you know, having nine fights um, and not really facing anybody. Um, I'm going to go a half a unit on Ovince just because of uh, trying to save up for some other things. But uh, <laughs> I think I think Ovince is, is, a, is a great pick on this one. Half a unit from Justin, a full unit on myself on OSP. I really think that's a good bargain. And who knows, man, the the, the line may keep rising. Uh, and that, it, to me, is this is probably one of the most skewed lines on of the night, just just kind of knowing who we're dealing with. Uh, and I misspoke I about about the what, – what's that, Justin? I think I, I took him at like 180 – I think I got him at 185. I got yeah. him a couple weeks ago, though, yeah. Well, I misspoke earlier when I said that the uh, heaviest favorite was uh, Vicente Luque because it's actually in our co-main event. I didn't notice that at the time. Uh, our co-main event, one fun, 155 pounds, lightweight action. Uh, El Kikui, Tony Ferguson, 23-3, and three, comes back off an injury to face 21-7. and seven. Uh, Anthony Showtime Pettis. This one uh, should be a good, exciting fight. I, I, I think that you know Pettis is generally in good, exciting fights, but I really think that Ferguson is just better everywhere. I I think that Ferguson's better uh, certainly uh, grappling and and most likely uh, on the feet as well. Uh, he's bigger. I I just uh, you know, I really have a hard time fading him here. Uh, Ferguson opened at minus two sixty five with Pettis coming back at plus one eighty five, and now um, that has uh, that has been bet up even more as Ferguson is now minus three eighty. 
uh, with Pettis coming back at plus 315. A little bit too rich for my blood. I could maybe see parlaying Ferguson um, with uh, Nick Lentz potentially throwing something like that out there. But I, I really do lean towards Ferguson, but I don't like giving up those kind of odds against a world-class opponent. So I'm going to pass. Justin? I think a year ago, I would probably be with you. Um, Tony Ferguson coming off his knee surgery, he's coming back way faster than, than anybody thought he was going to. Um, you know, he, he's a special kind of dude. He can, he can do a lot of things most people can't. But, um, I, you know, I think that knee is suspect. Um, and Pettis, I think, is, is reborn. I think you're going to see more of, of uh, you know, the Pettis of old, um, you know, from here forward. Uh, I think it's great value at, at plus 300. Is that what you added at, plus 300? Plus 315 as of right now. Okay, I added it at 300. So, yeah, at, at plus 315, I'm, I'm going to go unit on that for sure. One full unit to win 3.15. That is a strong pick right there. That'll that'll change your day. <laughs> yeah. So Justin Watson with a full unit at, uh, to win 3.15 units on Anthony Pettis. And uh, who knows, that line may keep moving up the other way. You may even get even better value on it. Uh, moving on to our main event, the one that everyone has been waiting for, the big one uh, for the UFC lightweight championship of the world. It's Khabib. Nurmagomedov, and he is uh, at 26-0, and 0, undefeated. What more can you say? Uh, he's beaten everyone they put in front of him. He has taken on uh, the Irishman, the notorious Conor McGregor, 21-3. and three. Uh, Man, and I'm really pumped for this. These guys have been jawing at each other. That's the, this is the fight everybody wants to see. You, you, you talk about a clash of styles, the uh, the striking, the uh, the footwork, the elusiveness of Conor McGregor, uh, the the strength and wrestling and grappling of, of Khabib. It's uh, his style makes fights, as they say. And man, this one uh, I'm really pumped for. Khabib opened as a heavy favorite, minus 245, with Conor coming back at plus 175. I knew whenever that uh, line came out that if you wanted Conor, you needed to get on him then because uh, most of the money would come in on his side. And that is what's happened, of course. Uh, Khabib is still the favorite uh, at minus 165 with Conor returning plus 155. I think that line will drop even more as we get closer and closer to the fight. And I'm going to make a play on the notorious Conor McGregor here and uh, plus 155. One unit plus 155 for Conor. I think he uh, he goes out there and, uh, and, and knocks him out. Justin. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I play on uh, a Bovado, and I ended up getting Connor at plus one twenty-five. I think that's where he sits right now uh, oh. over there. So I'm I'm thinking about going and putting some more money on him uh, with five dimes. Um, I'm going to take him to. I don't think that I think everybody's kind of misreading this fight. I think that Connor's wrestling is much better than Khabib's striking. Um, he's definitely going to be on his back, um, but I think he's been there. Before I think that you know he's been he spent a lot of time on his back over the last year uh, in camps getting ready for this. He's known what was coming, um, you know, and I think he knows this is the biggest test of his life. He's he's not doing that much media, you know. I think he's really taking this one serious. Um, you know, uh, they say Khabib's planning on you know kind of shooting from the outside. It seems like doesn't want to get inside Connor's range. I think that that's probably a, a huge mistake. I think Connor's going to be ready for him, you know, shooting a long single, and you know, he may catch a, a big flying knee. I think Connor's probably going to take him out early. Um, but I, honestly, I'm not sure if it's going to be that or if it's going to end up being a war. I mean, you know, you never know what's going to happen. But um, 
I think uh, I think it's a good play for you know one one on uh, Connor at plus one fifty five for sure. Um, I took another one that was uh, Connor by submission. And I can't remember what the odds were, but I think I just threw like ten bucks on it and to win two hundred and eighty five. I think, but it was Connor by submission. Oh wow! Which I think is yeah. I think that, I think it's a valuable bet though because you know he's had Dylan Dennis there for the last two years, um, and he's gonna be on his back. You know. You know that that he's learned something. He's a brown belt in in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu anyway, and you know he's been working with one of the best, one of the best uh, you know competition Jiu-Jitsu guys in the world. Um, so, you know, or I, I could also see it, uh, you know, Khabib uh, pulling a Rory and tapping out the strikes. So, uh, I figured, you know, ten bucks to win two eighty-five. That was a pretty fun one. Um, yeah, yeah, I could see some so, good value yeah, there as well. And you know Connor would love you know Connor would love nothing more than to than to submit him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. It would be. I, I honestly think that uh, you know, I think if there was an, I think there should be an uh, over under for um, takedowns by Khabib. I think that that's what you know most people are planning on him setting another record. But I think that he's going to get stuffed a lot more than he's going to succeed. And I think it's going to be a lot harder to hold Connor there than he thinks he, it is. And I think that he's probably going to be fighting off submissions the whole time. So um, I can't wait for this fight. I'm, I'm super pumped. So that is our picks for this big lineup. Of course, we both agree on Connor uh, uh, being uh, the winner in the main event. OSP, of course, we both agree on as well. Scott Holtzman and Ryan LaFlair. Those are the four that both of us uh, say are are, our picks uh, to get it done. I also took uh, some action on Lena Landsberg and Juicy Bay Formiga. And uh, Justin uh, went with the brothers Pettis as well as Alexander Volkov. So we'll see how all this out. I feel pretty confident about these this week, and uh, I'm really excited for this card. Uh, before we wrap things up, Justin, we had the announcement of the UFC 230 uh, main event. Finally, there was a lot of speculation if it was going to be like John Jones, we we're going to get a title on uh, Diaz and Poirier. Instead, we have a 125-pound female title fight, Valentina Shevchenko versus uh, Sajara Eubanks. In one word, Justin and your reaction Jesus yeah <laughs> not uh, underwhelming to say the least uh, what do you what do you think the logic is here um, I don't know I don't I mean Diaz and Poirier is, is a thousand times bigger than that nobody's gonna oh uh, man what uh, uh, Sajara you banked up what's she like four and two yes or so I mean Shevchenko's going to mop the floor with her. It's going to be fun to watch. Yeah. But, God, man, I mean, <clears throat> I think they're really, you know, sticking it to Nate and Poirier. Uh, they should have They should have just let them headline the, the, the event, man. That's that's not good. Well, you know, it's funny because you know, just a few weeks ago, it's it's odd how this, this stuff works because a few weeks ago I was talking about how I was already kind of looking forward to this UFC 231, I knew they were going to do it up for Madison Square Garden. It was going to be a huge show, no doubt. 
And now, to tell you the truth, UFC 231 in Toronto is starting to be more of the card I'm looking forward to. They've started adding some more fights to that. The Tiago Santos and Jimmy Manoa fights have moved over there. Max Holloway and Brian Ortega has been is on that card. Uh, our uh, Eric Anders has now been added against uh, Elias Teodoro. So I mean, it's that fight card is actually starting to look more appealing to me than Madison Square Garden. Yeah, just wake me up when Ortega. And uh, Holloway fight. I don't. I don't really care about anything else till then. <laughs> well, I believe that's going to happen when I see it. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> that does it for another week of the Valor Hour episode two, uh, episode eighty four. I'm sorry. Uh, we appreciate our guests for joining us. Of course, uh, Ovin St. Pru and Scott Oldsman. Best of luck to them this weekend at UFC two twenty nine. Thanks to my co host as well, Justin Watson. We are going to see how these picks shake out next week. We will uh, be back. We will recap this big card and begin the drive to uh, Valor Fighting Challenge November the second. We'll start getting some interviews going with. Uh, some of our contestants on that show as well as uh, like I said wrap up UFC 229 we've also got the PFL playoffs that start this Friday Justin you going to be checking that out oh yeah <clears throat> yeah for sure I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how this ends up playing out yeah, we didn't get a, a chance to really uh, to cover anything in that regard on the show today, but we will make sure we touch on it next week and kind of give our takes on uh, how those playoffs win uh, until next time, Tim Loy signing out Valor Hour, see y'all next week For more information on upcoming events, visit ValorFights.com or find them at ValorFights on both Facebook and Twitter. This has been the Valor Hour, powered by the law offices of Ogle, Elrod, and Beryl on Radio Influence. This is an MMA report with Jason Floyd. Quick fix on Radio Influence. From a, a betting perspective, to me, this is kind of a very easy one to handicap. Would you agree? Yeah, I mean, you either think Connor is going to get it done, and so obviously it would be inside the distance, which you can get at a plus 175, or you can get him to win in the specific to the first round at, at plus 500, you know, risk 100, win 500, uh, and the win by KO is uh, plus 175. So plus 175 inside the distance or by KO and knockout, or I'm sorry, by fir- in, in the first round, 5-1. to one. Now, the normal price, you know, the regular straight price, um, right now most books uh, are either minus 155 to minus 170 on Khabib, uh, Connor, your you know, best underdog odds, plus 150 at five dimes, others in the plus 30 to plus 140 range. So, but yeah, I mean, it's Khabib's fight. Once it gets, you know, seven or eight minutes deep, if Connor doesn't get him before then, conventional wisdom says Khabib's going to maul him with, with wrestling and superior cardio, grappling, et cetera. But Connor's better at stand up and could possibly do some Aldo treatment or, um, you know, get him early second. So I, I do think it's pretty easy to handicap. Now, what what is a little difficult to predict, I think, is way, the way these odds are going to move between now and then. Most counterfights fights we've seen 
all the Irish people get to Vegas and every single one of them got money from their cousin and their aunt and uncle and their money and they're, they're betting so much on Connor that, you know, maybe the odds shift and maybe to be as cheap as minus 130 or minus 135 come Saturday. That would be interesting because I, um, I would like to be once it drifts south of minus 140. The MMA Report with Jason Floyd can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, and RadioInfluence.com.